Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie, Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Welcome to the Fringe of It, episode number 20. A weekly podcast by me, Liv Purvis. And me, Charlotte Jacqueline. How are you doing, Liv? We're not together in real life. We said we were going to be, but we're not. Summer's we're not. busy. It's been really busy and you're in the garden and I'm in the bedroom with the windows open. So apologies for any wind, cars or nature. This will be the last time we are not together. I promise. I promise. I, kind of, I actually think this is peak podcasting. I don't think recording. I don't think I'm going to get better than this. I'm sat on my favourite picnic blanket with a glass of rosé Um Jack's doing bedtime and the sun's shining down on me. I mean, the sun's pretty heavenly. I'm going away tomorrow, so I am surrounded by... Do you know what? I'm not surrounded by too much stuff because I've nearly packed, which is a miracle because I normally leave it to about an hour before I need to leave the house. I think you fall into two camps, don't you? I'm the same as you. I just hate packing for a holiday. But there's those other people that have it all laid out in another room. Yeah, see, I've just been really like... Normally I do it right before I go to bed. So then I've used everything I need to pack. Yeah, that's tricky because, yeah, that's what I like to do because of the toiletries. Yeah, exactly. But tonight, today I was like, because we've got to get up at three. It's a real, real early one. So I was like, do you know what, Liv? Pack now. And then you can really, you know, have your dinner, have a bath, get into bed. Love Island's not on tonight. Why you don't not? need to be up to... It's never on on a Saturday. Which is quite nice. It means I get an early night once a week. I say early, like 10 o'clock's late. 10 um, o'clock's really late. <laughs> First of all, tell me where you're going and then tell me about um, your lost suitcase happenings. Oh, my goodness. So I'm going to Mykonos, um, which we booked in the end, um, which I'm so excited. I feel like it's a very trendy place this year. Um, um, Mykonos is trendy. Isn't Paris Hilton where, where well, you are? Well, that's it. She was at our hotel this week. So I can only hope that the singer of The Stars Are Blind is going to be in my presence um, because that is tune of the year every year. Um, You look like you've never heard it. So I will play it to you afterwards. Yeah, my face. I was like, how long can I pretend like I know what she's talking about? What, did Paris Hilton have a song? Yeah, it's her song. When did she she release this? Was it an actual release? I mean... It must have come out in about 2004, if that. Where was I? Drunk, probably. Probably in a cool indie bar, not listening to Paris Hilton. I, I mean, I don't... Yeah, I probably was. I mean, I wasn't the coolest person in the indie bar, but I was definitely in a cool indie bar trying to be cool. Like This yeah. week, Haim have been there, Miles Kane's been there. It's all been going on. Really? So, yeah, I'm really looking forward to it, actually. I'm looking forward to lots of tzatziki, um the sea number one um, priority tatsiki <laughs> yeah and tzatziki, not from not from sainsbury's um so i'm just yeah i can't i just can't wait to switch off i've packed four books which i think is probably a little bit over ambitious isn't that near, um, almost a book a day it is a book a day <laughs> i think as as a friend unpack or maybe unpack one maybe two Oh, I don't know, but they're also they're also. I've got a book of poetry, I've got a career book, I've got a novel, and I've also got um, what's oh another book. I thought you said a a book on Korea. I just read you said you meant a Korea's book. <laughs> I was like, wow, a book of poetry and then a book about Korea. That's uh, I don't know if you're going to be switching off. Yeah, that's heavy going. Um, but yeah, and I've got quite a variety. Um, but yeah, packed. But our suitcases went missing. We were in um Corsica last week for work which I think I filled you in on. And basically, on the way back, our cases got lost, which... Both of them? Both of our cases. Um, and it's happened before, and we kind of knew it was going to happen because we had a transfer flight, which I think with that, you're always playing with fire. We had a two-hour gap initially with our transfer, but the flight was delayed by two hours, meaning we had to get off one flight and run to the next. 
And then um, somewhere, someone at Border Control um, gave us a bit of a hard time. They were just like, you should have got here earlier. And we were like, but our flight was delayed. Um, so our cases didn't make it. And then we went straight to Leeds for Joe's sister's graduation. And we basically got home, had to unpack everything and repack everything again. So, yeah, cases. Just been a week of cases and packing, but it's oh, been lovely. I can't think of anything worse. You pack your good stuff for holiday, don't you? Like all your, like, precious, nice, pre- yeah. precious, nice things. All my, <laughs> my nice things. So I had all my good all my good makeup, um, straighteners, skincare. Um, God, just... what did you turn up to Joe's sister's graduation oh, looking like? God, I don't really scope the barrel. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I did go to Sports Direct. I think it's our in... <laughs> Wait, hear me out. Our England shirts were in um, the right, case. Right, okay, fine. Sorry, I thought... I don't know... I don't know where I thought you were going. Um, so I had... To... We ran in Sports Direct about an hour before the England match started on Wednesday. Um, and I bought a top that said Vindaloo on it because I was just like, I can't watch the game without any merch. <laughs> Oh, Mike, I love that you packed your merch to take on holiday, your football merch. I know. I think it's because the first England game was on last Saturday and we were like, we can't be anywhere without our England tops. And then we won. And then I, I'm actually saying that's, I'm calling. That's why we lost this game because our England tops were AWOL. Fine. Fair enough. Um, yeah. But what have, you, what have you been up to this week? I feel like I've started and I've not even finished talking about what I've been up to. Well, Sabine, have you got anything else to say? Only one more thing, um, and that was I went to a gorgeous hotel, which I'm going to shout about because it was so nice. It was in the Cotswolds, um, and it was called The Rectory. That looked nice. It was beautiful. I didn't really do any Insta stories, which I think is quite unlike me, but do you know when you've had, like, towards the end of this week, it's been a bit of a tricky old week, and I feel like when you've got, like, private stuff going on, which isn't so good, you don't want to always be like, oh, it's all it's all singing or dancing, because um, I feel like that's not very accurate, but all of that aside I will be doing a blog post etc etc but it was such a gorgeous hotel like I love an English country hotel and yeah it was very Cotswolds oh it was gorgeous it was all I think it's been there for years I think it used to be um a boys school I think it was an orphanage and then a boys school and then it was an old country hotel for years and I think they reopened it last year um and it's got a pool um the weather's good and it's just got all these beautiful gardens like it is just so gorgeous. Like the um, perfect English countryside hotel. A hundred percent. And I think it's quite reasonable as well. Um, and it was just so beautifully designed and they had freestanding baths. Um, so yeah, I'm in. Oh, it's, it's a bit of you. It's a real bit of you. But if you are after somewhere lovely to stay in the UK, um, I can definitely recommend checking it out. I'm going to find something to do with June and and book it ASAP. What have I been doing? I actually have to write my notes now after that week where we were like, what what have we done this week? And I have to have notes every week now. So uh, my notes say busy week. And at the end of my notes, they say now never want to leave my house ever again. (laughs) Um, Which is why I went known. It's not the only reason why we're not recording in real life. But I went on a nature, um, not a nature retreat. I went on a retreat called the Nature Sessions. And my lovely friend Han, who I mentioned in a couple of weeks previous podcast recording, that was round about the houses way of explaining it, wasn't it? Um, I was like, wow, there's there's a there's a lot of words there, Charlotte. <laughs> I should have put the rosé down. And um, yeah, so she set up a retreat called the Nature Sessions at it's this place called Elmley in Kent on this little island called Sheppey. And it was beautiful. And I was kind of not sure about going because... It was just quite a lot of time to spend on myself. It was two nights and three days. And she'd invited me as a guest, but I paid for an upgrade to a cabin because I'm a princess. Um, And when I got there, the nature was so loud. I nearly wanted to leave because I was like, what, what, what? And it, but the the first thing we did was go on a nature drive, um, and Ooh, the owner of Elmley, yeah, it was amazing. So um, Elmley itself is a, is a nature reserve, and I think it's the only residential one in the UK. And he like made us stop and look at the grass and the bugs, um, and listen to the birds. And it was just like you just immerse yourself in nature straight away, and you just realise how little we are actually around nature, and take the time to stop and listen and just be. Um, and it was incredible. And then there was two days of activities. Um, 
there was enough kind of like downtime, enough enough stuff going on. But it was a group of, of about 13 women from all over the country for all different reasons that they decided to come and um, come to the retreat. But we did candle making, we did wreath making, we did... Um, oh, what was the other thing that we did? Oh, screen printing. I got Ooh. a bit cross during that session. I got a bit stroppy teenager. Cause Why? Because it reminded me of art, art class. It, I just kind of went straight back. What I produced was wonderful, but I hated my art teacher. Um, Because when you... Sorry, just going right off on one. But when you, I wanted to do fashion, but back in the day, the only route to do anything fashion related was to do art. But I'm yeah. really bad at art. I mean, I know you can't... You know, art subjective but like I'm properly bad at drawing and painting and I hated really? it really yeah yeah like that surprises me terrible like I'm creative but that's the thing is I'm creative but I'm not not with your hands <laughs> <laughs> absolutely not and um anyway so I got a bit cross but it was fine and then I had a massage and we were catered for every night and it was all vegan food and again um I was I wasn't closed-minded I was just not overly excited about the food part but there was a really um great chef called Soph Gordon um who, who has... I know oh yes uh, did you go to school together no um, how do you know my each best other? friend went to school with her yes I had this conversation with her what a small world and um she did all the food and it was excellent I'm really opened my mind up to vegan cooking because I've had a bit of vegan food and everything I've had has been lovely apart from um some sweet potato brownies I attempted to make once and it cost me about 40 quid for the ingredients <laughs> But yeah, it was really lovely and I came back really relaxed and um, yeah, it, it felt really self-indulgent, but really, really nice. Um, and then we went to Margate for a day to do a shoot um, and it was just so much travelling with a couple of projectile vomits from June on the way. <laughs> so I'm just glad to be home and we just made a pact. We've cancelled like all of our plans. Not all, We didn't have loads, but we're just not doing anything other than one family holiday in August. But we just want to stay oh. in the house decorate unpack and just make some nice summer memories in our new house that's lovely I feel like I'm looking like although I'm so looking forward to my holiday and switching off I think sometimes getting back and having a few weeks of routine is just like oh it feels exciting oh, routine is so exciting and do you know what else is exciting today we tidied and I tidied the kitchen cupboards oh I emptied, I cleaned the fridge out yesterday oh did you what did you find what was the weirdest thing you found in your fridge the grossest thing to be honest, there wasn't a lot. There was a few berries that I think I'd neglected and they'd gone a tiny bit furry. There was no jars with that like films oh, of no. mold on. No, I'm quite good at I do I tend to clear out the fridge every, you know, few weeks. Okay. Just have a proper look it's and just check. Tight ship. Yeah, oh yeah. It's a military operation, my fridge. <laughs> Fair enough. We've actually got a smaller fridge since we moved in this house. And actually it's better. Mm. I was I was like oh the fridge is a bit small but you just don't put as much stuff in there so you don't forget about it yeah that's the problem you actually just you load it up I think we're trying to be less wasteful with fruit and veg as well I think because we've not had a lot of routine we've not done a proper food shop so we've not ever had a full fridge so it's been a lot less waste because we've been kind of just buying things as and when we need them which can be a bit more expensive but yeah I'm with you I had a conversation about this actually one of the um things we did on the retreat was was look at how we spend our day so we had to write down every single hour of our day and what we do um I'm only laughing because a lot of the stuff that I wrote was tidy slash dick around (laughs) because I know there's times in my day where I'm just like what am I doing like I could be being more productive um but basically um we were all kind of like talking like as like we all we all did different things and then we're just like and I said I really crave routine but the problem is a lot of food waste not something I'm so eager to cut down and somebody gave me a great suggestion um because on a Sunday I plan my week but actually I don't plan it with Jack um and then plan like what meals we're going to have like who's going to be in the house when so we're going to start like a family family meeting on a Sunday yeah well the thing is when Joe and I first moved in we did that we had this like weekly meal plan on our on our um boiler that's magnetic and every Sunday or whatever day it was we'd sit down with a couple of recipe books and because we were both in pretty much every day in the evening we'd write down what we both wanted when we did when what days we could cook things when things would start like if we were ordering say chicken and I don't know eggs or whatever we'd work out when things were going off by and then when we, what order we'd have things in and it was just 
it was the most organized I've ever been things like that but I loved it and it made, made we were cooking more we were spending lots of time together in the kitchen and it's so nice highly recommend doing that. yeah well I've actually after the kitchen tidy earlier put a couple of recipe books on the buffet for Ooh. for some evening reading later on so I can think of some new ideas for recipes oh I love we are actually 85 aren't we I know I, I thought that earlier this week I was like I can't believe how boring I am sometimes. <laughs> Adulting is hard. I love, I mean, I love it. I just feel like last weekend I was at this festival um, for work and it was lovely, but it was a lot of people partying on a beach um, in bikinis. And I just thought, um, it I, made, I, I literally I couldn't think of anything worse. And I, it, it was just, it was lovely, but I feel like I was, I was a bit like, oh, I'm, it was, I was out of my comfort zone. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's bedtime for Nana Liv. It was bedtime for Have Nana Liv. You've got Liv. sunscreen on there, love. I know. I was, I was Joe was Joe literally was sitting up on his deck chair, like not a deck chair. <laughs> he wishes oh he was on a deck chair. He wishes. He wishes. Right. Let's move on to telly chat. Um, I've not got my timer ready. Just for your Love Island minute. I actually look forward to it, to be honest. Oh wow! Thanks. Um, it's ready. Do you want to do your Love Island Minute first? Oh, I'll do my Love Island Minute first, only because I've not watched anything else other than that and the football. But I feel like as of next week, because there will be no more football, I'm going to start making an effort to watch more. <laughs> that would be great since our podcast does feature TV. But it's all right. You've got your Love Island Minute, which um, I think is going strong. Minute. Yeah. So here's Liv's Love Island Minute. Thanks for the intro, Charlotte. Very exciting. So this week has been a a great week on Love Island. Um, we had two new boys which have come and gone. Oh, um, yeah, they, they came and they went very quickly. And there was a new girl as well who I was really hoping would pair up with Alex, Doctor Alex, which she did. Um, not to disappoint. Um, Didn't they have a snog? Sorry, I'm not allowed to talk. Carry on. They did have a snog. It was a little bit awkward, um, but it was wonderful. I'm so happy that it's finally worked out. And um, the two new guys didn't really love either of them and they did a strip um there was a strip challengey thing um and they were just supposed to and and I just I was screaming the whole way through because I just it was just oh unbelievable but Josh did amazingly um lo- still loving Georgia being the most loyal person ever part of the loyal family um which I've been enjoying seeing all the Twitter memes oh also when the world cup when we went out of the world cup I also got my most probably my most ever retweeted thing using a love island meme so that was exciting if not unrelated I mean that would have gone right over my head you mean it's up but um... oh no okay I've got one more thing to say on. and that is that I'm just hoping that Lauren Jack stay strong and I don't know I feel a bit unsure about him sometimes but I feel like you know I just really want to work out and she deserves happiness thank you bye okay I have a few questions um what's happening with with Danny Dyer um he's still not come in yet but I feel like that's gonna probably be this week if there's a parent challenge they did a Twitter challenge yesterday which I always think is hilarious because they have to they basically share popular like public opinion of the people in there and they have to fill in the blanks so it'd be like I wish blank would stop being so blank and they have to guess who the person is and what the thing is and what the and what the thing is for example like for example I wish I don't know Megan would stop being so rude okay. and they will have to say that for example one more question why okay. is Georgia so loyal because I've seen this all over the internet what, like I mean not that it's a bad thing but I just want to know like what, she, what's happening there it's weird because she's not actually technically by the dictionary loyal she just she she likes she always mentions it to everyone how loyal she is but oh, right okay so is it like it's like an ironic thing like right. she does it and then she'll go and chat to your boyfriend or go on a date with him but she's very like I'm just really loyal but I think she says it so she can kind of always oh, like damage control right okay I see I see and um, there are my Love Island questions just you know okay well thank you for your, this week's Love Island questions as well what have you been watching that isn't Love Island okay so the football but to be honest that's, heartbreaking that's my um that's my career as a as a sports yeah it was too much it was I'm still watching the um Gareth Southgate video that's circulating online of him coming out after the game about 17 minutes after the game and all the crowd's still singing the whole again version and I keep listening to it and keep tearing up I'm pathetic (laughs) 
I don't want to throw any controversy in, but I've seen a few things online this week that have made me think. And one of them was um, how, you know, there was quite a lot of people saying, oh, it's 30 years since we have been in a semi-final. And then the women's England football team were like, hang on, guys. We were in the semi-final. For, like, I really should have got some dates on that. But, you know, we were in the final uh, semi-final very recently of the Women's World Cup. And then there was the whole, like, Twitter, a Twitter spat, you can call it, um, about some guys saying, well, you know, the women's game just isn't as good as the men's game. So obviously it doesn't get as much as much coverage. And I just thought it was really interesting because it was kind of catch-22. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, if women were brought up to think that they had an equal opportunity in football, you know, they would potentially play more. Like when I was at school, I just ran past the goal and hoped not to, um, you know, if you're going from one science lesson to an English lesson, you just run across the football pitch because it was the quickest way and hope that one of the boys didn't kick the football at your head. You oh, know, my it, God, yeah. It wasn't, and I've had a football in my head, it really hurts. Um, so it wasn't somewhere where I thought that that was a place for me. Um, so I just thought it was really interesting because it's like, you know, if, if you don't encourage girls to play sport, especially football, they're never going to get to a certain standard that they then can be scouted, to be trained, to join clubs. Um, and Jack said something really interesting and he said, man, man you, as I like to call them, um, <laughs> are having a women's team for the first time ever. And apparently now, this is apparent, um I should have done some research before I launched into this it is now the law for clubs to have women's women's teams as well so I just thought Mm. it was really interesting this whole thread on Twitter I mean obviously the people that were were saying this were were small-minded idiots because they were just like well the women just can't play as well but it was just like looking at like the social historical context of you know potentially why the women's game isn't as celebrated or yeah yeah you know obviously football is a massive money-making industry but um you know, there was just a lot of lot of interesting things that I saw this week. And then um, one of my other friends um, who is gay, he was saying just what a homophobic kind of industry it was. And I, and I kind of like jumped to its defence instantly. But then it was like some of the stuff he was saying was making me feel really uncomfortable. And I was like, actually, is is he speaking? Is he speaking the truth that the fans? Are, the way he was saying it, the fans as a whole, um, mm. you know, because how few um, homosexual football players there are. Um, yeah. And I just thought it was interesting. There's just a few things this week that just brought, you, you know, all this chat about football. And it was just some interesting conversations that I have, have been a part of. So just thought I'd throw my 10, ten pen at Finn. Yeah, no, it's true. I feel like that. It's so true. I feel like there's so many positives. And I feel like this World Cup has definitely brought out the positives in like terms of, the community side of things and bringing together. I mean, I've seen so many tweets saying that like, you know, it really united a nation when it needed it. And it's like a whole, you know, a whole team of really diverse, you know, working class men who are just, I mean, like it's a really good example of that. And then, but then sometimes there are, there is the other side of it, which are those things. And sometimes you see fans that it sometimes makes you a bit like, Oh, that's the only side of it. I think I wish I wasn't associated with it. Like, because yeah. it does let the side down a little bit and you feel a bit like, oh, no, I don't want to be part of that, like, hooligan culture. And the, the people that are a bit like that and a bit kind of, like, extreme in their views and just very much like, I don't know, the same people that are very Britain first, which also, I don't know, maybe I'm getting a bit political, but that kind of No, but that was what kind of what one of my friends was saying with the, with the whole kind of, like, sexuality in sport. Um yeah it was just interesting like some of the stuff that he he said just made me feel quite uncomfortable and I was like well actually it's probably because it's it's challenging my views yeah and and opening me up to some things that I hadn't necessarily um considered before but one of the the more positive things to come out of the World Cup was I thought the um there's been a lot of talk about positive mental attitude and the the power of positivity and the way that Gareth Southgate um do you run a team well, you manage them, don't you? That's Coach. what he does. Coach, yeah. Um, and I thought that was I thought that was brilliant. Um, you know that I'm a pretty obsessed with the uh the power of the mind. So I'm I'm hoping that um there's gonna be a few more articles about that. I might even write one myself. Yeah, I, I did retweet something actually about um I think it was a tweet by Roman Kemp and it was him talking about football actually having come home in the sense that you know, at the beginning of the World Cup, he hadn't seen a single flag. There was no positivity towards the team. There was no faith. And then by the end of it, 
you know, everyone is can't get over it and is so excited. And it's like, you know, it's, it's the kind of thing we will look back on and we'll remember this summer like we did with the, you know, Olympics in 2012. It's that oh, kind of... It's sorry, that, I just it, feel like I forgot the Olympics in 2012. I've just but got you know what I mean? It's that, it's that kind of time where you look back and you think, oh my God, remember when we were all singing, like everyone on the street was singing like Three Lions and you do look back and it kind of... I feel like it will be like that, hopefully. And it, this is summer you kind of think, oh, that was when we all like rediscovered football a bit and this you know this summer I really wanted to wear an England shirt for the first time and there were you know there were like past World Cup teams I've never really wanted to get an England shirt because I've been a bit like nah whereas you know going sports direct every single thing is sold out because <laughs> I know football now I love that the only option left was a Vindaloo t-shirt and it was a sports direct home one it said it on the back and I was like wow Liv this is it you've made sartorial prowess when I saw it on my Instagram feed I kind of scrolled past and then scrolled back and I was like hang on what what did I just say and then I realized it was yours and I was like wow you were like and and I do a podcast with this person not for much longer no I'm joking here I am (laughs) what else have I been watching this week oh what else have I been watching this week so I have finally watched Glow season two how was that oh it was sensational sensational um what can I say about glow season two it's really hard to talk about it without giving anything away firstly I didn't know how it could get better than season one and for anybody that's not watched it glow stands for the gorgeous ladies of wrestling which was a real show in the 80s um and it might sound massively sexist there's parts that are but it's really empowering these characters um Again, me and Jack were talking about this because we were talking about Orange is the New Black and how perfect the first two series of that were. Um, and then I, I could never kind of follow it after that. But the difference that we decided was is that every single character on Glow is likeable. Like, uh, they've, they've got something redeeming about them. And what was great about this series was they did a backstory for each character. So you kind of got to understand where they were coming from even more. But... How can I talk about this? I'm, I'm trying to be... I'm not very good at talking about things without letting things slip. So there was a topic that was covered. And again, I had d- a debate in my inbox as always. But there was a topic that was covered, which is so relevant to 2018. Um, I think I will just say the Me Too movement. Um, right. Okay. I, I don't want to say too much, but it was just probably the first, uh, that I know, the first TV series that's actually made a comment on it and they commented on it so well. There's a speech between the two main characters and it just, you just, there's a, there's a situation that happens to one of the main characters and you just see how easily these situations presented themselves in, in a really corrupt industry and it made me feel so uncomfortable. Like I was watching it and I was just like grabbing Jack's hand, like hiding my face. Um, and it, it was really, really powerful. Um, and all I can say is Mark Maron, the wrestling coach, I've, just, I've fallen for him even, even harder. Oh, do you know, I'm going to download something on Netflix actually to watch so I can, so I can feel, so I can get up to date for next week because I've got a three hour flight. So I feel like this is the time. And also they're only like, the episodes are a good, like solid 30 minutes. They're not too long. So um, we, we watched them. We, uh, we watched it in 24 hours with a one year old. So we, there is no excuse. Yeah, there is no excuses yet, but bless June. We were kind of like kept playing with her, but like watching the TV, um, and then eventually sent her to bed so we could watch some more. Sent her to bed, summoned her off. <laughs> yeah, please, please go. Mummy and Daddy would like to watch TV. And one more other thing that I would like to say about Glow is a congratulations to Shinola, who made the titles for Glow. They have been nominated for an Emmy, I do believe. Um, and loosely connected, uh, Jack knows them through work. But they've come so far in such a short space of time. And if you watch the titles to Glow, they're pretty fluorescent, fantastic. So congratulations to them. Oh, Shall we move on to shopping? Let's do it. Everything I've bought this week is your fault. Oh, I'm sorry. So first thing I bought, Liv sent me a link to a t-shirt. And before I even said thanks for the link, I'd purchased it. I bought it as well afterwards. (laughs) Um, Yeah. I, I think we should start an experiment. Like when we started our friendship and then, I don't know, in 10 years time, how much of our wardrobe is the same? Yeah, that's going to be. I think that's going to be a quite a crossover. Um, it was a really great T-shirt. So sorry, I didn't even I didn't even ask if I could buy it. 
if you mind. Why, did you have, why would you have to ask? Well, you know, so when you were younger, that was always a weird thing, wasn't it? It was like, well, that's mine. I said uh, first. Yeah. You'd be like, oh, ooh. But it's, it's, what is it, like a buttery cream? Yeah, like a buttery colour, and it's like a botanical floral kind of, like, almost vintage style Flower chart, yeah. It, it says yeah. blooms on the top, and then it's got nine different flowers with um, really lovely illustrated illustrations with their name underneath. And it's twenty six pound from Urban Outfitters. Spot on, hundred percent cotton. Dreamy. What more could you want? And then the other thing that I bought is something you you own as well. <laughs> what is it? What is it, Charlotte? Um, I just want to be live. Um, it's it's your MIH dress. Oh, so good though. I've been thinking about it and I haven't stopped thinking about it. So the first time I saw it was at your birthday. So how many weeks ago was that? Three? Four? About, yeah, three to four. It's been playing on my mind. So just to paint a picture of the dress, it's round neck, no sleeved, midi smock dress. And I think, yeah, the base is navy and then it's kind of just got like, a, it's kind of like quite graphic 60s flowers kind of 60s, yeah. 70s. Um, but I just, I mean, quite frankly, if we're going to have summers like this, like, I've not got enough dresses. I know. It's so gorgeous. When I saw it, I was like, right, right. Um, so I've missed the delivery twice. So she's coming on Monday. And you have to be there or else. Um, and then just an update on the hot tub. Oh. The, the purchase. Remember I told you that I'd bought it for Jack's Yeah, I, I, I was a bit surprised then. And then I was just like, oh, my God, I remember this. Yeah. So the hot tub, uh, in the end, we decided to buy it from Tesco because we thought of all the club card points we could get for, the, for that. Uh. Very exciting. And also I went through my purse and got loads of old Tesco receipts and took took at least 10 to get my points I'm such a loser um and Jack has assembled that and he's put the chlorine in it and we can go in it tomorrow oh my god so is it like a proper hot tub yeah yeah oh yeah there she goes you can't see her oh my god so when we stayed at this Airbnb this week um for Molly's graduation um this Airbnb we stayed it had a hot tub in and oh my god it was joyous yeah, so we're pretty excited about that. I mean, it is inflatable, as I've already said, but yeah, you have to put chlorine in and test its pH balance and all kinds of stuff. Oh my God, I'm, next time I come up, I'm 100% getting in that. Yeah, absolutely. I'm telling you, we can record the podcast from the hot tub. Maybe not have I, the bubbles on. Oh my God, I cannot wait. Would that be a bit seedy? Um, maybe if we were both naked. <laughs> Sorry, I don't know where I went there. That's not what I meant. No, we're just, meant friends, we're just friends in water. <laughs> What have you been buying? Um, what have I? What I found a pair of brilliant denim shorts, as I'm sure everyone will be thrilled to know. Did you tell um, us about uh, these last week? Yeah, the denim short mission was well and truly on its, you know, on its way. Um, it was yeah, well in the depths of a mission, and I found some really gorgeous shorts in another stories. Oh, these aren't the Levi's ones, sorry. Yeah, oh no, they're they're really good though. I did like those, but this is another pair I did buy. Sorry, I didn't, um, I didn't want to say we've done this, but you were talking about a different pair. Yeah, no, I was talking. This is a new pair. So these ones are high waisted, and they've got a tie waist as well, which I always really like. And they're slightly more A-line. They've got a turn up so that you can make them quite long or you can just turn them up and they're just perfect. I got my normal jean size so I didn't have to think about sizing up, sizing down or worrying about that. And they're just such a nice fit. They're denim. Always, always, always a spot on. So I got that this week. Um, also bought a book for holiday that I've read so many good things about. Um, and it's called This Is Going To Hurt. Ooh. And it is, I think, let me, I think I have it right here. Um, but as far as I, yeah, I've got it right here. It is, um, it's, hang on, how can I summarise this? It's basically like a diary by a junior doctor. Um, and it's basically diary entries from his career. And apparently it's heartbreaking, it's funny, um, but it talks about his time at the NHS frontline and it's just meant to be amazing. And I've heard endless great things and I'm really looking forward to reading it. And so Zoe got, Ball recommends it. I've just seen the uh, sticker I know. on the front. And, and if Zoe Ball recommends it, then I don't need anyone else to talk to me about it. What's um, kind of in the same vein of, as shopping, but not, what's the your favourite thing you've packed for holiday? What can you not wait to wear? Do you know what? I went into, um, well, here's something exciting. I went into Cezanne this week because they are... <gasps> oh, oh, is it open now? Well, no, they are opening in September. And they'll let you in. Um, they let me in um, for a little pre peek, and the store is looking so gorgeous. Um, Where I is did... it? It's Westbourne Grove. Oh, okay. Oh, 
don't want to I just don't want, I'm not always west yeah no that's okay it's, it's better than going to Paris it's yeah it's worth it but I bought a couple of dresses um one is one that I'm wearing which is a little mini dress these are all available on their website by the way they do sell out really really quickly um but that I bought dress this, that you've got on is gorgeous it's like a little it's a long mini dress so it's, it's a, definitely above the knee but it's it kind of reminds me of the Kate Moss Topshop dresses oh yeah the kind of floral yeah. tea dress um so I've, I'm really excited to wear this I also bought one which is like rainbow stripe kind of midi dress with um like spaghetti straps and like a like a, almost like a top tier do you know it covers your boobs what's it called you know oh why don't you mean like it like yeah like a, a bandeau tear over the top no oh. <laughs> we should be fashion commentators I know but yeah I'm really looking forward to wearing that going for stripes with an ice cream and grease um so I really love that also one more thing I wanted to mention this week um is that my friend Lucy Williams launched her swimwear collection which is really lovely. It's a collaboration with Love Stories. I love Love Stories. Oh, it's really lovely. What She's what got... kind of bits are there? So there's a bandeau bikini, there's a swimming costume, um, which is really lovely, and there's a really cool silk scarf, um, like which has got like travel illustrations on it. Oh, I um, love scarves like that. I've got vintage it, ones. Like yes, yeah, so it's inspired by a vintage one. And I also, when I was in Love Stories in on Hanbury Street in East London, I had a little whiff of their fragrance, which I'd never smelt before, and it's called April Morning, and it is so nice. What a so nice, nice name. It was so gorgeous, um, and I didn't expect to love it as much as I did. And yeah, just didn't know they did fragrances, but yeah, that's a gorgeous collection, gorgeous perfume. Um, and yeah, really happy with that. And that is, that is it. I'm going to pull my reins in now, because I feel like we've been waffling for a sweet while. Spring, is that you? Warmer temps mean new Allbirds styles. Meet the Superlight Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. They've designed must-have travel styles for when you need to jet. The lighter-than-air feel and barely-there fit make these shoes some of the most packable styles ever. That means more comfort and less baggage. Take the Superlight Tree Runner on your next adventure. Its cushy, lightweight foam midsole supports every step, and the extra outsole traction gives you the grip to just go for it. The eucalyptus fiber upper adds next level breathability to keep you going all day. Plus, the super light tree runner is comfortable and ready to go right out of the box. So, what can you do in a super light shoe? What can't you do is the better question. And because they're super packable, the real question is, where are you taking them? Experience how Allbirds redefines comfort. Visit allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's a l l b i r d s.com code SUPER24. Let's move on to this week's topic, which is all about money. Money, money, money. Must, must be funny. funny. In a rich man's world. Th- thanks for leaving me there. That's all right. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, we could have split this up. We could have done a whole podcast season on money. I feel like we should have like done it on an episode where we've waffled less. Yes, this, this is going to be quite the, the beefy episode. but I I feel like I can't stop talking about money and when I say money just talking about it um as a normal thing with my friends um I just feel like money is such a taboo subject and recently I've just decided I've had enough Mm. I I saw your twitter thread actually and I was like that was a beefy thread wasn't it it was such a beefy thread so needed though yeah, well, what what to give a bit of context to what I'm talking about. So my Twitter thread, um, I had an inbox full of, of people that wanted to work with me, and um, you know, when I went back and said, "Oh, have you got any budget for this?" or um, you know, "Can you just let me know?" Yeah, yeah, payment basically. Um, see, I'm already getting flustered, and um, a lot of people kind of came back to me. One person even said, "Oh, the dreaded, the dreaded word budgets." And I was like, pardon? Um, and, and basically, just a lot of people um, not having the, the budget to, to pay me for what I do. And for the first time ever on a form, I went for a massage at the Nature Retreat. I filled out the words blogger and podcaster as a, as a career. Normally, I try and say freelance this or I don't know, just... But that's what I do. And, you know, what I was saying was, I feel like because it's such a female orientated industry, a lot of brands rely on the fact that women 
feel insecure and that money is such a taboo subject that they rely on us having those feelings that we're happy to do things for free um, or, you know, for products. And I, I just got a bit cross. And then my other point was, how can you expect to have diversity of so many different descriptions in our industry if not everybody's getting paid? I said, I'm, yeah. I'm a middle class white woman and I occasionally have to borrow money from my parents or we've borrowed money from Jack's parents before when we've had slow months or invoices haven't been paid on time and it just and also on the nature retreat I sat and I spoke with somebody about our careers and where we wanted to be and I said I want to earn loads of money and so did she and that was um we just got on and we were just talking about money for a couple of hours and I just thought that was really unusual so I yeah. thought let's talk about money this week and I feel like it's only when people start discussing it that the kind of walls come down especially when you are in a freelance industry knowing your value is such an enormous part of it. And if no one's discussing things, and obviously it is difficult to kind of say, oh, this is what I get paid, because obviously there's so many different factors. But equally, when you start off, you don't have a clue. And then, you know, you could undercharge and be undercut. And it's actually knowing how to kind of break that down a bit and actually know where you stand. And there's just so many things that you're not prepared for. Totally, and we're not taught it at school. We're not, and and that was the other thing. Um, that was the other reason. I just had a very money money heavy week. Um, I have got a new accountant, and I was dreading seeing him. And when I went to see him, he explained things so well and so simply. I just felt like I literally left his his office like dancing, because yeah. knowledge is power. But why aren't we given this knowledge younger? Mm. You know, I I've never needed to work out the third. I don't even know what the thing is, the, the, the third corner of a triangle. I've never had to work out that angle, but I got taught okay. that at school, but I've never, why wasn't I taught what would happen if I wanted to be self-employed? Or generally, you know, I always go on about adulting, but how to manage money, you know, budgeting, yeah. finances, you know, now that we've got a daughter, it's like even more apparent that we need all these systems in place. And we're having to like, well, now I don't really care. I'll be like, well, what do you do with your money to my friends? And they're, they're happy to tell me, but it's kind of taken me to be quite brave about it like well, what do you do how do you manage yeah. this like what you know how does it work for you because it's hard because if no one ever talks about it and then no one has any idea of how to manage it or deal with it or knows what to charge or knows where to put it or knows what they should be paying for or know what's too much or too little to be paying for things because you don't like you know I remember when even down to silly things when we moved into the house I was thinking I don't know is that a lot to be paying for those things is that not a lot like I don't know. Help. It, it, it just seems like such a strange subject. One thing I was thinking about, because obviously we're both freelance and self-employed, but I was thinking about when I was um, full-time in, you know, in a, in a wage, a wage job. Um, but I used to discuss money with people and it was in our contracts. I mean, hopefully nobody's going to see me now. And it was in our contracts that we weren't allowed to tell other people how much we earned. And I always told people and they always told me. Um, mm. But that was, I think I was in quite a unique place. But, why, you know, why isn't that allowed? One of the things when I worked in an office, not only that, like knowing how much other people got paid was knowing when to ask for pay rises. Um, and I feel like, again, it's quite a female thing to kind of not take up space and not kind of know your know your value and know your worth. I know somebody who was in a management position um, at a company and she looked after all the accounts um, and she could see um, kind of what everyone else got paid and she knew that she was paid the least. Yeah, and that's the thing. And then you're put in a position because it's confidential that you can never bring it up because you can't use that information to your advantage. But you're like, I know I'm working as hard as these people, but I can't ever ask for more because my yeah, hands are tied I'm, yeah absolutely that you know there may there may be some people who say oh well you know there's a reason for that but I think most of the reason you know there's a good reason for that but most of the reasons are quite negative and it's to keep people in their place a really great example of somebody that talks about money but she talks about how vulnerable she feels she calls it a vulnerability hangover is Sarah Tasker from me and all I was gonna say I feel like I, she's someone I really admire sorry to, I've totally interrupted no, you no 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 but that that's funny because everyone I speak to who you know wants to be successful and wants to be rich and want, wanting to be rich is I feel like such a dirty label as in wow that's really crass it feels gluttonous and crass doesn't yeah, it yeah yeah but it's the freedom um like I know people that will say you know I don't want to be rich uh, I, I want to do good but think of like all the people that are in, in charge a lot of them are male um 
what happens if the woman, if, if the women were given the wealth and they were in power? Like, what would happen to the world then? Um, it's just really interesting. But, um, sorry, going back to my point, but when people say Sarah Tasker's name, so many people go, oh my God, I want to be her. And to give you a bit of contact, uh, context, Sarah is uh, came out and she said a year ago or maybe two years ago she earned £100,000 and last year she earned nearly £250,000. She used to work for the NHS um, and she has a business called Me and Orla. She's a coach and Instagram expert um, but she came out and said that she earned that and overall the response I would say was 90% positive mm. but 10% really kind of took umbrage to what she was saying. They were like, I think it's really vulgar what you're saying. Um, you know, you... you, you project one image on social media but actually you know you're you're really wanting to earn money and and take our money and she said I'm really sorry that you see it like that but the other 95% of us were like that's amazing because it made us see that we could potentially earn that kind of money and I think it puts a new spin on what wealth actually is because I feel like you know she projects an image where you know she has a lovely house in the countryside, like she's not living in a huge mansion and driving like a four by four and all the things you associate by term with the word wealth. Do you know the typical kind of the Wolf of Wall Street image that's like jewellery, expensive bags, luxury, and it's kind of putting that on its head and saying, actually, you can have a lot of money, have options and just have a really comfortable, happy, modest life. You don't have to be showy. Absolutely. Um, so my, I had business coaching last year um, by a wonderful woman called Ray Dodd and she's doing um, actually a money course at the moment. And um, But when I did coaching with her, I'm hoping I'm allowed to say this, she said to me, what, what, what does a rich woman look like to you? And I said, and I couldn't believe it, I was like, oh, a rich Hollywood Californian housewife. And she was like, oh my God, like, wh- why do you think that? And she's like, what about that? because obviously the stories that you tell yourself, but that, that woman is supported by her husband. That's what, in my head, a rich woman looks like. Someone, yeah. And then, she, obviously, we, we've done so much work to unpick that. But it was just so interesting that, to me, the stereotypical rich woman that's in my head, is she didn't earn it. Mm. Like, what, like what, what rubbish have I been growing up with? And that's the thing, I think, is when you start unpicking those things and actually realising that, that word has so many different connotations to it. And it's not just, uh, I don't know, there's not, it's, we're outgrowing that now. And I think there is that element of the culture that we're in that, you know, especially I think on YouTube and things that when you have wealth, it's very much associated by like the things you post and like the luxury lifestyle you portray or like the halls and things like that. Whereas I feel like now people like Sarah are showing that you can have those things and you can do that, but it's, it's, it's making it more of a norm and it's you know it's you know it's it's not it that's the thing it makes you feel uncomfortable like even me like trying to word everything I have thoughts in my head and I'm like oh I don't want it to sound really like overly privileged talking about wealth or wanting to be comfortable and have money and you you know what I mean it's one of those really kind of sensitive subjects but it is like why is it the last taboo I feel like we could sit here talking about sex more easily than we could money yeah it's it's really really strange so it's just one of those things like as I say I feel we could do a whole series on it but it was just starting to talk about why is money such a taboo and I feel you feel that that you do feel guilty as well like I know that I feel like I've been asked in the past by one of my friends what I earn and I feel like I panicked and I felt like I had to justify why I got paid what I did and I was very quick to kind of say, oh, yeah, I know. It feels like, oh, God. Um, but maybe I, I, do you know what I mean? Like suddenly you're kind of justifying why you're paid what you are because you're paid well for something. You feel like, I know, I feel like I don't know why I get paid. <laughs> like, oh, God. Like yeah. there's people that, and there are, and I think that's the thing. When you, especially when you do a creative career, like there are lots of careers I do think, oh, my God, they should be getting paid more. And oh, that's, I mean, anybody. and that's attached to yeah. why I think there's guilt with, other things and but then women feel that do you know what I mean I, I mean I'm not sure men do too but for example every time I think I get paid well for a project I think but there's people working long hours in hospitals that don't get paid like well and it makes you feel guilty and totally, I think that's totally. and that's potentially why we feel so bad about it because you think there is so many big pay gaps 
and it's closing those or discussing those I don't know there's just oh there's so much to talk about so much to talk about maybe we should start a new podcast called money talks I'm sure there's already a podcast talk uh called that but um yeah I I don't know it's a really tricky one I I do think this because there's two books that I want to recommend I've I've recommended them before on the podcast but just specifically about how I view money um but then I was thinking if you're not in a freelance or creative career um or you're specifically in a career where it does have limitations as in you know you get to a certain point but I think that looking at those gender pay gaps is is quite an interesting place or you know looking at have you have you gone for a promotion recently or have you asked for a pay rise recently um and I know it's a little bit more rigid in those environments I know when I worked for a university it was very rigid in terms of the 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 pay scale um which is what they called it but I'd be so interested to know what the male counterparts in that institution were getting paid versus the female counterparts yeah and I guess that's potentially why I feel like because I am in a creative career like I've never really worked in like a real tiered pay system necessarily or been on a salary I mean I've done like I I feel like that's weird I mean I've worked in retail which is obviously more salary but I mean that's not a salary that's like monthly payments but I've never been on a salary job so I feel like I'm in a unique position where you know I started very much from nothing like when I started my blog and like looking back through my tax returns last year when we had to sort our mortgage my first tax return was next to nothing like was nothing I couldn't even I didn't have to pay tax because it was like there was nothing on it and I remember there's so many memories where I was like so deep into my overdraft that I was just like that's it this is me but I feel like it's I don't actually know the point I was actually making (laughs) I feel like I have so many points to say on the back of everything you've just said like things that have sprung into my mind um like overdrafts and tax and um like I just feel, I, I think the, the, the reason that I kind of wanted to talk about money a bit um, is because I feel at 32, I'm just, this is a summer of me getting my fin- financial house in order. Um, yeah. And it's like, I finally feel like I have an accountant who I understand. I know what the tax man I need to pay him. I know kind of like how to budget for a household. Um, I've still got my graduate overdraft, which is absolutely bonkers. But this year is the year that I get rid of it. Um, but I think even, I remember when I found out that all my friends were saving. I was like, sorry, like literally I was put out. Um, but I think even just having those conversations about how you can be a bit cleverer with money um, yeah. and not having what you do have stretch further with friends. Because when I found out everyone was saving, I was I was fuming. I was like, thanks, guys. Thanks for letting me know. Yeah, I, I, was, I was in top shot while you lot have been busy saving. But, you know, I just don't think... No like one it was told maybe t- you. Yeah, 10 years ago. We just weren't, like, me and my friends just weren't talking about money. And that's the thing. I feel like because, well, because I've always been either freelance or working on my own, I feel like I've always had to be quite financially, I've always been quite financially independent in the sense that from the second I was 16, I wanted to get a job because I was like, that's how I can afford to treat myself to more stuff more things in top shop like if I had a Saturday job <laughs> everything equated to shopping still does that's, that's the thing and I feel like because of when I started my blog and then I started doing freelance stuff I I don't remember I think because my, my dad's self-employed that's how I knew I had to do a self-assessment tax return but there was no other person that would have told me that had my parents both been on normal salary jobs do you know what I mean I mean I'm sure they would have been aware of it but at that point my mom was saying every time you get paid save like a certain percentage of what you're earning and that was embedded in me like deeply embedded that every time I got paid some of it I just would have to go out otherwise you get so used to seeing the full picture and never putting any money away but there's all these things that you just don't you just have to find out once you go and you're like oh god I didn't realize that that would be going and yeah that's funny um, how you paint it as a full picture like I've seen the full picture and then now I'm working back and I'm because I feel like I've made so many money mistakes but I feel like if the knowledge was given to me in the first place or maybe we talked about it more I could have avoided those pitfalls and now I'm kind of like sometimes I talk to people younger than me or kind of people in similar situations like I do judge situations where I go in there and be like let's talk about money um but you know just talking to people like oh um 
it's funny actually one of the listen uh, one of our listeners said oh thanks so much for talking about payments on accounts like that was really helpful when you mentioned that you have to give half of next year's tax up front um yeah but just that you know just daft things like that and it's just I don't know I just keep getting a bit cross I can't help but think that a lot of it is because we're females and we've not been earning money for that long. Like our mums earned money, maybe our grandmas earned money, but you know, n- not that many generations. So we before us have, have earned money, so we don't have that many examples. Yeah, and I feel like as well because everyone's money situation is so different, and it is so contrasting depending on the different careers you're in. I think that's what makes it another thing that's really hard to talk about because it's so not one size fits all, and it's almost being able to discuss it in a way that is more about managing it and asking for more in a way that's still relative to everybody in some sense which makes it so broad and it's almost something that you need more voices in because it's like it's so different for everyone yeah more voices definitely helps and then that's that I think that's the nail on the head right there if more of us start talking about it more people from different backgrounds different situations we can all start helping each other out because if we don't talk about it how can we that's the thing I mean me and you are both you know self-employed women um in our like early 30s mid 20s but then you know there might be women that are older or women that are younger in salary jobs or just starting out or been in their career for ages and that's when it's interesting and that they're the people you want to hear from because then the people that can offer advice to other people in different in the similar situations because I know we only speak for a minority so it's just make like starting the conversation because I feel like there's so much to say about this and I almost want to do a part two because I feel like it'd be good to almost get people's feedback and questions potentially and have answers from people that are really like clued up as well okay I'm gonna say it right now I'd like a part two a follow-up a que- with questions with a money expert yeah I would love that that isn't Martin Lewis yeah a female money expert not that it matters he's great I, no like no shade yeah no, 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 yeah no 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 that yeah that wasn't but yeah maybe a Martina Lewis <laughs> Martina Lewis if you're there <laughs> um but I want to just plug two books um and there's loads of podcasts as well um that I've been listening to so Sarah Tasker has just launched um a new podcast with Jen Carrington called Letters from a Hopeful Creative um they haven't touched on money yet but I think some of the issues they talk about are quite interesting for self-employed people um these aren't relevant just to self-employed people but there's a book by Jenny Sincero called You Are Badass at Making Money and I love the tone of this book. It's not too wishy-washy. It's not too hardcore. Um, it's it's just a really nice tone. She's like firm but nice. And then the book that I talk about all day, every day is Tara Moore, Tara Playing Moore. Big. You know what I'm going to say, but this book changed my life. And um, if I had enough money, uh, which I will do one day, um, I will carry spare copies in my bag and hand them out to random people on the street. Maybe I'll take that on holiday with me. Maybe I need to unpack one of my books and pack that. Okay, I think you need to calm down. <laughs> you're never going to read them all. You're, you know. You're going to get so into relaxing. You're going to be like, what books? What book? What's a book? Yeah. What's a read? What? Um, so they're, they're my closing notes on money. Do you have any others apart from singing Abba at me? I feel like I've got so I feel like, no, I do, but I don't because I don't want to open up any more cans of worms. But I would love start a thread on the Facebook group discussing this and just asking if there is any are any money experts out there because I'd love to do a follow-up for this I think it'd be really interesting especially yeah, when there yeah. are different perspectives I'd love to do it with more voices and more perspectives like, sorry what, Charles, no no I'm I was not... gonna say what, um what are some savvy things we could be doing with money I don't mm. I mean it's all relative but do you know what I mean like maybe um I bet there's there's a probably a money expert listening right now going do this you idiots um but you know regardless of how much you get paid like is there like something we could all be doing to help ourselves in the future so many questions I feel like like, I want to know apps I want to know you know what are the apps we should be using to manage our money I know there's so many people suggest different things and there's Monzo and there's all these different things but I want to know more you've just dropped Monzo in there and that that's a whole can of worms that needs explaining yeah that's the thing I don't have a Monzo card but I know it's something that what I, I mean I don't know enough about it to kind of open it but um I'm gonna kind but, of summarize Monzo so you put money on yeah. a card first of all it's very fluorescent isn't it I think so I don't have one yeah well my um 
my friend has one and I asked her about it and it's, it's hooked up to an app and then yeah. everything that you spend, um, it then breaks it down for you and you can scan all your receipts and things like that if you require it for a freelance um, self-employed tax return. Uh, not self-employed, but, you know, just a tax return self-assessment in general. Um, but that's quite a good way of managing money because you actually have to transfer it onto the card. It's not like a debit card. So it's not just like, as I think with my debit card, a bottomless pit of money and then it gets declined. And I'm like, but why? But why? <laughs> but why is that declined? As she's, How old? Uh, as she looks at a hot tub. I just don't know. I um, just can't think. But again, um, we're, we're saying that and I bet people are screaming at the podcast go, right now going, use this, I use this. It's a brilliant tool for money. Um, so I just want to open up those conversations. Yeah, I agree. I second that. Brilliant. Well, we are going to go. I've had a lovely time here sat on my picnic blanket in my garden we will still be doing an episode next week Liv is jetting back from Greece in fact we've got a bit of admin so if you're listening to this on Monday we will um, be doing a live recording of the fringe of it on Thursday let me give you a date hang on I'm so far into the summer now like I literally don't even know what date it is Oh, God. Um, so on the 19th of July, we will be doing a live podcast recording at the Fresh Store in Marlebone. Um, we don't have a time as yet, but keep your eyes peeled um, on the Facebook group. We were going to do a live podcast on the 25th of July at the Hoxton, but we've actually p- postponed that to the 8th of August because we just want a bit more time. So keep the 8th of August in your diary. And then we're going to go on a two-week holiday podcast break um, and we will be back in September. Yeah. New term, new ideas. As always, I haven't said it for a few weeks, but if you'd like to review, rate us and subscribe, it helps other people find us. Uh, You can find some like-minded people in the Facebook group, facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash the fringe of it. A delight. Any more admin from you? See you next Monday, but may see IRL on Thursday. And make sure you wear some sunscreen, Liv. I don't want you sunburnt when you get back from Greece. I won't be. See you later. Bye. Oh my gosh, I'm adopting a puppy right now. But I realize what's at home. Oh no, I have nothing. Well, except unconditional love. But yeah, no crate, no pee-pee pads, no dental chews for his little puppy teeth. Before I doubt myself as a new parent, I just get Instacart to deliver everything from PetSmart. Easy, just like raising a puppy is going to be, right? Get pet essentials from PetSmart with Instacart. Visit instacart.com to get free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. $10 minimum per order. Additional terms apply. So, you've got an idea for a business. The store of your dreams. There's just one thing to figure out. Everything. That's why Shopify's all-in-one commerce platform makes it easy to sell online, in person, and everywhere else. Sell on social media. Source products with an app to get that first sale feeling. It's the only solution that gives you everything you need to sell everywhere you want. So when you're ready to bring your idea to life, power it up with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. 